Hey guys and welcome back for another episode of No Filter with yours truly, Jadio Active. Now it's going to be a good one today because I'm going straight for the big one, anxiety. Which seems to be the only constant these days as each day is changing for the worse, you know? I mean, look at the news. We got the pandemic, we got the looting and riots, the quarantine, the curfews and whatnot. And to top it all off, I can't freaking find Mike's Hard Margaritas anywhere in New York. What the heck is going on? This year so far has been one sci-fi simulation like the movie The Hunger Games, where, you know, the humans are being tested for survival with one deadly challenge after the other. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Why, thank you. But guess what? I don't want to play. I want to go back to the times when our biggest worries were things like going alone to a bar or standing in the middle of a food court and not being able to decide what to eat. And I can't wait for things to get normal again so I can see my people, go on dates, hit the rooftops, and even do simple things like try on slim fit shirts at Macy's, even though who am I kidding, because they are always too tight. On a serious note though, something that bothers me a lot, and what I want to talk about today, is how misunderstood anxiety is, and how it makes us feel in the moment. Before taking a deep dive into the topic, I just want to say that if you are someone suffering from anxiety, now whether it's mild or severe, you do not have to face it alone. I'm here with you, and even though it may seem like nothing is in your control anymore and everything is going wrong, I promise you that everything is going to be alright and nothing bad is going to happen to you. And I say this because I suffer from generalized anxiety too, and I completely understand how it feels. To be honest, I really didn't think I was going to do this until like five seconds ago because it's not so easy to do. But as I started talking and I'm hearing myself, I just realized that if I'm asking you to be okay, I should be okay with it. So guess what? I'm going to toss out the outline I had for today and just go ahead and share my experience with anxiety and panic attacks, which, by the way, I have not uh, completely disclosed with anyone yet. Okay. Let's do this. So basically, this pandemic has changed our lives in more ways than I can even count. And as soon as it started, I was consuming news updates on an hourly basis. And I obviously wanted to protect myself and my family from it, you know. Little did I know that I was instead filling up my head with negative information and uh, stress was just building up inside me. I guess it got built up to such a point that one day uh, my mind and body just crashed. And when I say crashed, I mean it. God, I still remember the panic attacks in the first few weeks, uh, ranging anywhere from depersonalization, which is basically where I felt detached from everything around me, even including my body, to losing control of your speech and movements completely. And that is when you think your time has come, as your body's shaking and tingling, and the only thing you do at this point is get more scared, which makes it even worse. It actually got so bad that I couldn't even function without these. The sound you just heard were the happy pills that made me numb so I could sleep. Yeah, I stopped sleeping, I stopped eating, and all I could think of was negative stuff like, I don't want to die, or uh, what's going to happen to my family, or what if I have the coronavirus and I unintentionally pass on to someone and something happens to them, or even stuff like, is it going to be like this forever, or am I ever going to feel normal again? In short, it was bad. Now, deep inside, I was very much aware that I cannot continue hurting my mental health like that. And if anything, I should at least go down fighting for myself. But the amount of courage it takes to do so is, oh my God, a lot. That being said, however, I did. 
I fought it little by little. I mean, as much as I could on those days, you know. Some days I was able to control it enough to go out for a walk and just smell the grass and be happy. And some days it was just enough to sit on the couch and watch Hotel Impossible. It's actually a show on the Travel Channel about fixing crappy hotels. Like, for some reason, it brought me comfort. I don't know why. Now, I'm blessed to have a brother around me who loves me and took care of me throughout the process. But I need to know how to calm myself down and gain control of my mind again. So I started brainstorming ways to do just that and went with the first obvious thing that comes to mind. Visiting the hospital. I got there and even though I was scared walking into it thinking, great, I'm walking into a place that must be filled with COVID patients, I was instead suddenly filled with a comfort that, wait a second, coming to think of it, I'm at the best possible place because if anything happens to me here, the doctors are right there to take care of me. Aha! So I sat back and started checking my Instagram. Yeah, I'm pretty active on it. So yeah, my turn comes up and the doctor asked me, so what brings you in today? I obviously mentioned my anxiety and you know what he said to me? He goes, well, welcome to the club. I'm super anxious too. I was like, okay, buddy. And in my head, I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to have to request another physician who can fix me and not suffer with me. But then he said something that made too much sense. He goes, are you worried that I'm anxious too? Which obviously got me thinking, oh, damn, can he listen to my thoughts? Or can he? Well, it kind of became a game for me, I'm not going to lie. But then he continued with, don't you think it's a good thing that I understand how you're feeling and can help with controlling the exact symptoms? And I was like, damn, he's right. Long story short, he gave me the happy pills along with, you know, the usual suspects. Exercise, eat right, don't watch the news and um, do things that make you happy. I did just that. And don't get me wrong, it did help for a few days. But then the next week, bam, it was back. And this time it was back with an extra topping of hallucinations. Yeah, I was hearing my mom calling out my name in the middle of the night and I would wake up suddenly only to realize like, wait a second, my mom is not even in the same country as me. Now I was back to square one, not understanding why the pills didn't work this time. And then came the awakening. The pills were not a one-size-fits-all solution. While they may help you temporarily with the physical symptoms, they cannot alter your psychology. And I cannot stress enough on how important it is for all of us to understand that. And not only that, do we want to live a life dependent on pills? Yeah, I'm going to go with a hard no on that one. Okay, so I went to the hospital and it was a temporary relief but not a permanent solution. Now what do I do, right? So a few weeks ago on some random day, I don't know, I was just sitting uh, on my porch uh, like a retired old man finding joy and breathing fresh air and it hit me. Every time I started something new in the past, I went to my brainstorming board and started writing down everything that came to my mind. So why not do the same for anxiety? I wrote down everything my brother suggested me, everything the doctor said, suggestions from friends, and then my own personal actions in those moments of panic where I was desperate to find normalcy. Wait, is that even the right word? Normalcy? Eh, whatever. You get my point. You know, I wish I could show you how the board looked like. It was like one of those scenes from the detective shows trying to solve a mystery. I mean, it looked pretty cool. And guess what? I found out what works for me. And by the way, feel free to try all these things that I'm about to suggest. And if they do work for you, then you just save two days of psycho detective mode and you, my friend, are welcome. So first things first. Understand the root cause and understand what's happening to you. 
A panic attack is basically a sudden onset of fear because of maybe a perceived threat. So you got to figure out what is it that is making you lose your mind. And since there are an infinite number of possibilities of those things, I'll only discuss about what's current and faced by too many of us these days. The fear of coronavirus, COVID-19. So what's the fear here? That we'll get the virus or we will give it to a family member? Let me ask you this. What do you think is going to happen when you get it? Are you assuming that you are going to suffer like the videos you saw on several news channels and die? Psh, first of all, and I don't think that this should come as any surprise to you, the news is sensationalized to sell ads and get ratings. That's what they do. So do not go 100% by what the news channels are saying. Whatever you hear, cut the intensity into one-fifth and that's the actual news. Now, if you want to stay updated, and obviously you should, stick to maybe two trusted sources. Secondly, a very common misconception that I hear and have had myself is that if you get the coronavirus, you die. That is utter and stinky BS. Getting the virus simply means you maybe experience unpleasant symptoms. Some people are not even going to experience anything. It's going to be mild unpleasantness for some people, and for some it's going to be severe. And that depends on everyone's general health, uh, like how active you are or if you have an underlying condition that could flare off because of the virus. But let's look at it this way. We get the seasonal flu, like uh, the cold and cough, and we recover from it every year. Now, sadly, a lot of people pass away from the complications in uh, common flu as well. But we don't fear it so much because it doesn't get uh, sensationalized so much and the fact that it's been around ever since we were born. So we are okay with it. And I want to be clear here. I'm not saying that you should not care about COVID-19 or it is nothing to be worried about. But all I'm trying to say is that while we should be careful enough to avoid it, we should just not harm our mental health fearing about it. What happens when you get a cold or cough? You take the medications to suppress the symptoms. As most people already know, there is not a set cure for the common cold. It takes time and it spreads on contact. The only thing we do is take the meds to control the symptoms and wait it out. Guess what? That's exactly what we need to do with the coronavirus as well. I seriously pray to God that things get better really soon and none of us get it. But even if we do, let's just treat it as any other illness rather than just giving in to the fear and harming our mental health. Let's say if you continue to panic on a daily basis and question everything around you. Even if you don't get the virus and the world opens up again, you'll be living a life of fear and suspicion. Now why would you want to do that to yourself? You deserve to be happy. And the only thing I'm asking you to do here is look at the situation from a different point of view. That's all. Moving to my second point. Now, while I was carefully connecting the dots and recalling everything I did to calm myself down, here's what worked for me. Breathe. When we are getting a panic attack, the first two things to show up are palpitations, which is basically our heart just going ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. Yeah, that's what I think a heart sounds like. And the other thing is suffocation, where you feel like you can't breathe and just start choking up. Taking deep and long breaths helps with both. My brother introduced me to this thing called the 478 method. It's basically taking a long deep breath for four seconds then holding it in for another seven seconds, and then finally exhaling uh, till nothing is left in your lungs for eight seconds. It does sound like too much work when you're getting an anxiety attack, but when you force yourself to do it, you see the results instantly as the process is designed to slow down your heart rate. Now, I was having trouble holding my breath for seven seconds, so you know what I did? I turned it into a game to trick my mind. 
I didn't want to feel like I'm doing all this work just to feel normal again as that made me nervous. So I came up with a new version, Breathe 2.0. In this version, you take a deep breath without any count. Don't worry about whether it's 4 seconds, 5 seconds or 3 seconds. Just take a deep breath. Then hold your breath and out loud, name the first five things you see around you. I mean, they could be anything like, say, a fan, spoon, cabinets, etc., etc. And once you have done that, you exhale all the air inside you. You can do this cycle two or three times and I'll tell you why this worked for me. I was so panicked that I'm not able to talk or think straight or feel anything. And doing this exercise took care of all of that. I took a deep breath so I could feel my basic functions running. Now comes the part of looking around and naming the things out loud. You see what's happening here? I was able to identify each of those five things and when I said the names out loud, I could hear myself speaking which brought me so much comfort that my brain's working just fine. Another thing that brought me a lot of comfort was, actually, you know, I want to do it again and I want you to try it with me. Place your hand on your heart and feel it beating. Come on, go ahead, do it. Even if you think it's weird, give it a try. Now you feel that heart beating? No? Then maybe you're just dead inside. Alright, but seriously, I want you to feel that heart beating and believe me when I say, it is not going to give up on you. It doesn't just stop. It fights for you till the very end and that's exactly what I want you to do. I want you to fight for yourself and don't let anxiety take over your mind. Lastly, I have another not-so-normal way to trick your mind. Now, this only works for me just before I'm about to fall asleep. So, whenever I have a bunch of scary and negative thoughts consuming me, I take my phone, open the notepad, and just let my fingers go, and type out every thought that I have without caring about the grammar, the spelling mistakes, or even if the sentence makes any sense. Don't worry about any of that. Just let it flow from your mind, through your fingers, into the phone. For me at least, when I do that, I can literally visualize all the negativity being transferred from my mind to the phone. And when there is nothing left to type, I find myself falling asleep without even realizing it. And oh my god, it sure feels like... Right into a relaxing sleep. For the daytime, however, the best cure for me was to watch shows I used to watch as a kid. Let me paint a picture for you here from just last week. So I had severe anxiety during the day and I put the projector on and kind of time traveled into my own childhood. In real time, however, if you walked past my living room, you would have seen a 30-year-old sipping on his juice box and watching Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? <laughs> hey, judge all you want, but I was happy and I forgot I had any anxiety whatsoever. I feel good right now. And you know what? Tomorrow it's going to be five weeks since I took my last anxiety pill. How awesome is that? I'm so proud of myself and also very thankful to all the people who played a part in bringing me back to reality. We spend so much time thinking about the negative stuff about COVID-19, but I want to point out the opposite for once. Yeah, even though you might not be able to imagine anything positive about it right now and might find these silly, but just hear me out. We are living in a time that the future generations will read about on how we faced and got through the pandemic. That's some serious street cred to flaunt in front of your future kids or grandkids. I don't know about you, but I'm sure gonna be that guy who tells his kids in a very dramatic voice, you little fuckers got it easy. We lived through a pandemic. Something tells me that you'll do the same and I say, heck yeah, do it. Moreover, we got the gift of time. 
I know so many people who are using this time to finally follow their dreams or even do things they have been putting off for a while. Whether it's starting their own business or maybe picking up a hobby like learning a guitar. I myself have been brushing up on my Spanish. You want to hear me order eggs on a roll in a deli? Here, check this out. Oye, primo, dame dos huevos en un rolo, lechuga y tomate con salsa blanca y picante, por favor. Sí? Aha. Fantástico. <laughs> I love that one. But lastly, coming to a more fundamental and important point. Family. I genuinely believe that if seen in a way, this time is a blessing in disguise. Somewhere between chasing money for a better life or achieving our goals, we unintentionally take our families for granted and uh, often ignore them for our own selfishness. The quarantine and lockdown gave us that time to reconnect with our families like never before. And I think we should be thankful for that and learn to strike a balance moving on. And with that, my fellow humans, it's time to call it the day and end today's episode on a high note. You know the drill. If you like the episode, thumbs up, comment below, and share with anyone you think could benefit from this episode. Today was pretty intense, so for the next episode, I'll be picking up some fun topics, like the one that more than one of my friends suggested, which was finding love or dating in the post-pandemic world. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And you know what? Actually, no. I'll save all my thoughts for the next episode. Yup. So this is me signing off for the day and you stay awesome, you stay safe and I'll see you next week. Cue the music.